This is Andrew Q, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. On Schreiber. Snyder with scores! Pinnell scores! Hands off for Rabel, switches hands and scores! Kylie O'Miller showing off those shifty skills. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson! Open Pro Lacrosse Talk, the voice of Pro Lacrosse. I'm Hutton, he's Adam, together we're bringing you interviews with your favorite players and coaches, as well as news from all four professional lacrosse leagues. We're pumped to have you guys for another episode of Pro Lacrosse Talk. Adam, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. Just got done. Uh, with an E-Town alumni event. You know, I'm a grad of Elizabethtown College, uh, best known for, for graduating ECD Greg and ECD Mike. So just got done with that, talking with, with some fellow alums. So it was a good night so far. How about you? Yeah, no, I'm good. I uh, had a good weekend. Uh, I'm looking forward to this upcoming weekend. We got the Army-Navy game, and uh, we are a house divided in the Jackson household. My dad, Naval Academy grad, uh, played lacrosse there, and um, you know, I actually grew up, you know, a big Navy fan up until uh, college when, you know, I joined Army ROTC. So I've switched yeah. sides, and I like to point out that Army has not lost a game since I commissioned as a U.S. Army officer. So I'm hoping they go four in a row uh, since then uh, this weekend. But, yeah, looking forward to that. They got some sweet jerseys, which really makes me think that I know we're a professional lacrosse podcast, but uh, I would really like to see – Army and Navy really step up their jersey game uh, in the lacrosse space. I know yeah. Navy's had some cool, like, mesh jerseys last year, but definitely want to see them, you know, maybe expand their horizons when it comes to that game. Shout out to Diggs Tape talking on his first pod about the uh, Navy jerseys from back in the heyday in, like, 06, and they were one of his top 10 jerseys of all time. So, But I, Kurt, I absolutely agree when it comes to uh, them stepping up their game going forward. Yeah, no, maybe they go with some of those uh, 04 throwbacks. I mean, yeah. him talking about Ian Digman really, like, took me back because he was, like, the first guy that I really admired as a lacrosse fan. And, you know, I went to that Syracuse Navy championship game yeah. as the first live lacrosse game uh, when I was 10 years old with my dad. So um, definitely some nostalgia with that. I'm looking forward to the next episode of the Shack and Diggs tape. Um, yeah. But let's dive into these NLL games this week, Adam. Why don't you take it away with this fast break from the weekend? On Saturday, the Thunderbirds whipped up on the Riptide 12-4. The Black Wolves, in an upset, defeated the Toronto Rock 12-8. And in a battle, the Bandits outlasted the Seals 13-10. All right, so that's your fast break. Before we get into those games, let's dive into our quick stick. Uh, We got some big news from around all the leagues. So we'll start off with Inside Lacrosse's Terry Foy reporting that Rob Pinnell has not made a decision on which league he will play for. Uh, we know there was a tweet sent out uh, last week that he had decided to play in the PLL, um, but according to Rob Pinnell himself, he has still not made a decision. His contract is up on March 1st, so we can likely expect an announcement then. But in the article, he actually states, uh, you know, he's exploring all options. And he also says, quote, I have a lot of good friends in the PLL that I miss playing with, and I miss being around. Guys are always asked, what's your favorite part of lacrosse? And they always say, the locker room, unquote. So, you know, it looks like he is probably leaning towards the PLL, um, but right now this article is worded, you know, pretty ambiguously and, and yeah. shows that he hasn't made his decision yet. And honestly, if I was Rob Pinnell, that's smart because right now he holds all the leverage for either of these leagues. And I think that's one aspect of having two competing leagues that is great. These players now hold the leverage, and they're the ones that have all the power when it comes to contract negotiations. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on from that, uh, we have the PLL expansion team name will be revealed at some point this month on Pardon My Take. Uh, Rabel discussed on the Bloomberg podcast, too, that 
He'd like a dog in the logo, regardless of the name. So wave dogs or mud puppies could be the favorites. Um, I personally hope it's something a little bit more intimidating, maybe like huskies or terriers or even maybe something, you know, a little bit outlandish like demon dogs. Um, you know, those are just some things that some names that I saw tossed around before. Um, and it wouldn't be as silly as wave dogs or mud puppies to me. But um, he did say that, you know, he hopes to incorporate a dog in the logo just because dogs apparently have 238% of an increase in Instagram posts. Paul is always thinking about how to, you know, get the brand name out there more. And um, he's definitely forward thinking with that. In addition to that, in Paul Rabel's State of the League episode, he also mentioned that the league will unveil its own podcast called PLL Audio. And he finally says that the 2020 schedule is coming soon. Um, I'm not sure if that's going to include tour stops or just matchups, but it will be exciting when that comes out regardless. Yep. Moving on to the NLL, it was announced that Nick Bulich will be out for an extended period of time, uh, likely the season, after sustaining a knee injury on a Tyler Burton collision last week. Bielich took to Twitter and aired his frustrations with what he felt was a cheap shot. Uh, Tyler Burton also posted on Twitter that he apologized, saying he did not intend to take out his legs. He was just trying to make a play on that collision. Um, you do feel, after watching it, it wasn't really intentional, but it is a shame to see Bielich go down so early. And finally, in the biggest news in the NLL, Calgary will be without captain Dane Doby since he has been suspended for six games. One game for a gross misconduct match penalty that he received during the Warriors' roughnecks game, and five more for being a repeat offender. What's most bizarre is no one really knows what Dobie did to earn this gross misconduct. So that kind of wraps up our quick stick. Let's dive into this Dane Dobie suspension, Adam. I know you went back and looked at it, the footage, to see kind of what penalty uh, was assessed on Dobie, what he may have done or said that could have you know, earned them this gross misconduct. So what did you see when you went back and looked at the footage? Yeah, it, it seemed to be... Obviously, he was given the penalty during uh, the game itself, so it wasn't something that he said to the fans because in previous uh, times where, where this penalty has been handed out uh, to players, it's been something that's said to the fans, something that's said to other coaching staff. So uh, it seemed like this penalty happened while he was on the turf. Um, must have been something that he said uh, while he was out there um, with one of the Vancouver players or something to that effect. Um, so obviously the NLL, the NLL came out with their statement, um, saying they wouldn't be talking too much more into this. They're kind of, kind of holding it close to chest, um, what actually happened, um, which I honestly don't think is the best move for the league itself. Um, these things usually tend to come out, um, at some point, whether, whether it's something said or, or done. So I'm, I was surprised at the way the league hand, uh, handled this situation in and of itself, but had to be something, uh, that he said, you know, Dane's known, uh, to be a chirper, um, out there on the field for good or worse. Um, so it had to be something, uh, that was said while he was on the turf to give him that penalty and to cause, uh, the six game suspension. Yeah, no, we have uh, Nick Sakevich, the commissioner of the league's official statement saying, quote, this is a private matter that has been resolved by including everyone involved. Uh, we consider this closed and are not going to comment further on any details. The resulting judgment came from the input of all involved and speaks for itself. There will be no further comment, unquote. So, yeah, the league's not really saying at all. And this, you know, leads me to believe that whatever he said was really, really bad. Um, and, you know, I think we can assume that it was probably something he said since, you know, the footage shows that it really wasn't anything he did. He was yeah. involved in that brawl, but, you know, there was nothing that was out of the ordinary in that yeah. that anybody else did. 
um, or that he did. So that leads me to believe, you know, that it must have been something he said really bad towards maybe one of the Vancouver players. You know, we're not going to speculate what could have possibly been said, um, but it must have been really bad. And these comments make me think that they brought in all the players involved, talked it through, side on the suspension, um, and just don't want this news to get out because, honestly, it's a bad look to have captain of the defending champions and your MVP from last year be suspended for something like this. But, in my opinion, it's a bad look regardless. So I don't understand why they can't be transparent on it. And like you said, this is probably going to get out sooner rather than later. So by choosing to not comment on it and calling it a private matter when it occurred publicly on your broadcast at some point, um, I think is kind of foolish. And, you know, I, I think I just hope the NLL is ready for the backlash that they're going to receive if word does get out. Yeah, and, and I, I am curious to see what the Players Association does with this extent. Obviously, from uh, the statement from Nick Sakevich, um, all players were brought in. Um, but generally, when it comes to Players Associations, they, they tend to fight these types of suspensions. So we haven't heard uh, from them yet whether they will um, be fighting this suspension or not. Um, we haven't heard from Dame whether he'll be fighting this suspension or not. Um, but I'm, I'm curious, since he did say all parties were brought in, um, if Dame obviously was a part of that, if, if all parties were brought in. So I'm curious to see um, how the Players Association uh, fights this battle, if they intend to fight it. Yeah, no, it's, again, interesting that you know we have heard nothing from them or Dane Dobie. Um, and that just leads me to believe that whatever it was, he's content with taking that six-game suspension over letting whatever happened get out. And to me, though, I just think it's odd. Like, you know, we, we talk about how we want these leagues to treat themselves like professionals, like they're professional leagues. And just think about it, Adam. If you had this in any other sport, everyone would be going crazy as a media frenzy to have your player, to have one of your top players suspended for a third of the season. I mean, he's going to miss a third of the rough next season. That is huge. Imagine if LeBron James got suspended for a third of the NBA season and we found out nothing on why he was suspended. I mean, people would be going crazy losing their minds. So I, sure. I think it's a bad look for the NLL to not um, be more transparent with this. Um, but, you know, that's the decision. I'll leave it at that. that. I don't know. It's just it's very odd. And it kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, a situation occurring in the NHL uh, just – recently earlier this week, you know, with Jim Montgomery being fired from the Dallas Stars and them refusing to comment on what exactly he did over this weekend to prompt them to fire him. You know, they simply said that it was unprofessional behavior and that it wouldn't be tolerated, and that's why they, you know, decided to let him go. But um, we still don't know anything on that, and I can guarantee that's going to eventually get out. Um, and I think it's going to be the same case with the NLL, so I just hope that uh, they're prepared for it if and when it does get out. But going off of that, let's get into some, you know, more lighthearted stuff and uh, talk about, you know, these games this weekend. So let's start off with the Seals-Bandits game, which was arguably the, the best of the weekend. Um, both teams, you know, settled defense really played solid in this game. It was a great back-and-forth affair. It was 4-4 at half and eventually 10-10 until 2-18 left in the fourth quarter before the Bandits regained the lead and ultimately won on a signature high-flying Josh Byrne crease dive goal uh, that ended up landing him on SportsCenter's top 10 at number 3. Um, so kudos to him. Um, but we had a few firsts in this game. I mean, Dallas Bridal gets his first NLL goal. Uh, so, so good on him, too, for working hard on the practice squad last year and now getting his shot uh, this season. He finished the game adding four assists for five points in Buffalo's opener. 
Um, Connor Fields got his first of the season in his hometown of Buffalo. Um, he faked like he was going to shoot underhand and ended up bearing it high above Matt Vince's shoulder. Um, so it was nice to see, you know, a traditional field player making an impact in the box game. Um, but Adam, what did you really see from this game that impressed you from either squad? Yeah, the, the Seals offense looked really great despite uh, their season starting without leading scorers Austin Stotts and Casey Jackson, uh, who were out due to injury. Uh, but newcomers Westberg and Zach Greer uh, were welcome ad- additions to that offense. Wes ended up with two goals and four assists, and uh, Zach Greer ended up with two goals and three assists on, on the evening. Uh, Zach Greer, a big late pickup in, in trade, um, which was a, a fantastic pickup thus far for, for the Seals. Uh, some were questioning whether he still had it in him, and it looked like after week one that he certainly did. Uh, Kyle Buchanan was one of the team's remaining leading scorers who was out there from last year and ended up with two goals and two assists as well. So, uh, But for me, Matt Vince obviously was a huge player uh, in cage for the Bandits. Uh, ended up with 49 saves uh, and only 10 goals allowed on the evening as the Bandits secured their win in the opener. So uh, seven-time goalie of the year, Matt Vince obviously was a game-changer uh, for the Bandits in week one. Yeah, no, Vince had a solid day, uh, as expected, and the big players on offense came to play for Buffalo as well. You know, Corey Small, uh, Chris Cloutier, and Dane Smith all had hat-tricks in this game, uh, though Dane's final goal did come on an empty netter. But, yeah, overall, a great game by both teams, and, uh, you know, I think these two teams are really, you know, going to make an impact in their respective divisions. Uh, let's move on, though, to another game that got a lot of attention just because of, you know, the location and the teams that were playing. Uh, you know, we had the Riptide taking on the Thunderbirds, you know, both teams in new markets. You know, Halifax looked like they, they showed out uh, for their first ever Thunderbirds game. Not as big of a crowd as we saw in that exhibition game, but, uh, you know, still a solid showing. Yeah, uh, obviously, the the first impression I had, obviously, you talked about the crowd. Almost 7,000 fans came out for this one, a little bit less than the 10,000 that showed up for, for the inter-squad scrimmage a couple weeks ago. Uh, but great for Halifax for bringing out the, the, the fans for, for this game one. We'll see what the fans look like for kind of games three, four of, of that uh, home stretch that's coming down the road. Hopefully they have that same amount of fans uh, when it comes to home games three and four. Uh, but they came out to play pretty much from that first whistle. Jake Withers scored the first goal in, in Thunderbirds history 10 seconds into the game off a gritty play uh, where he won that face off and brought it the full way down the field uh, to score the Thunderbirds first goal and Withers had an awesome day ended up uh, winning 16 of the 18 draws he took uh, that evening and that's a guy going forward I know we'll talk a bit a little bit later on when it comes to the fantasy side of things but going forward Jake Withers may be a guy that that fantasy players will be looking uh, to go to uh, just because of uh, his winning percentage from the faceoff X uh, and those uh, loose balls that he's able to grab from that side of things And while both teams were expansion franchises, you could clearly see the chemistry that the Thunderbirds brought uh, with them uh, from Rochester. They they clearly uh, were a leg up on the new expansion franchise, Riptide. Uh, Bright side for the Riptide, though, first overall pick, Tyson Gibson, obviously uh, had a great first night and contributed one and one on the night. So um, New York has some great things to go forward, and that Thunderbirds defense played well. Um, But you could clearly tell that one expansion franchise had played uh, together in comparison to the other. Yeah, no, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little worried about both uh, the new Rochester Nighthawks and the New York Riptide. Sure. Um, just because, you know, I get that this is their first season together and it's, we're knee-jerk reactions here going off of just one week so far for each of them. But, 
you know, is the league expanding a little too quickly? I know Nick Sakevich uh, talked about how the the league is looking to expand a team uh, each year for the next three years. Uh, so, you know, I don't know if it's too soon or not. Um, hopefully the competitive balance stays the same. Uh, you know, we're actually going to get to talk to Nick uh, pretty soon about that. Um, so we're looking forward to that. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Um, again, knee-jerk reaction to it. I just thought it was a little disappointing to see both expansion franchises only score four goals in their openers and combine for eight goals total that still wouldn't have gotten it done in any of the other games. Sure. And I, but I, and w- when you talk about the expansion side of things, um, people are fearful. Uh, big topic is the goalie play, right? Uh, as a goalie, that, that's something that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, and people are fearful that with the quick expansion, um, the goalie play may not be there. Uh, and I'll push back a little bit when it comes to that because despite not technically uh, being a complete expansion franchise, uh, a first-time full-time starter in Warren Hill came out and balled in his first time as a full-time starter. So I, I will say I'll push back a little bit when it comes to that. Uh, the, the goalie play has been there, I think, uh, thus far in, in kind of two weeks of play. So we'll see what, what they have in play. And I'm excited to see uh, kind of where those three teams uh, – are going to expand. Um, you know, they talked about how there's seven uh, markets that they're targeting for those three franchises, and uh, I'm curious to see if Las Vegas is one of those franchises since they'll be there this year um, for for a, a, a live game. Um, that leaves kind of six French uh, six markets for two franchises. So I'm excited to kind of see where those franchises lie um, and, and going forward. But um, it, yeah, I definitely could see a disparity when it comes to uh, the New York franchise and the New Rod- Look Rochester franchise. Yeah, no, it definitely feels like Vegas might be that one. Um, I know, you know, in the past, Jake Elliott of Lacrosse Classified has mentioned Dallas, too, as being a possible uh, potential location as well. But, yeah, we'll we'll hopefully find out, um, you know, and get some more information, you know, when we actually talk to Nick ourselves. But um, you mentioned the goalie play, and it was definitely not lacking in this Black Wolves Rock game. I have to give credit right off the bat to Doug Jamison's playing cage for the Black Wolves. Um, I feel like he was the difference maker in their 12-8 win. He played great with 46 saves and only allowed eight goals technically. Uh, one went, was knocked in by a teammate, so he yeah. really only gave up seven. Um, you know, an absolute beast in this game, and a big reason why the Wolves came up on top. Um, I also loved his goalie mask. He had a sweet design that had Wolves on the side. It looked like it was a Native American-inspired art. Um, really cool design. I know we've talked a lot about, it, about you know, uh, wanting to get field lacrosse goalies to adopt this custom goalie mask that hockey and box lacrosse has. So um, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, for me, he was, he was the star of this game, but there's a lot of good stuff in this game um, on the offensive side for the black wolves as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, uh, rookie Andrew Q had a solid rookie debut with his first goal off an offsides bouncer and then tallied three assists on the night as well in his hometown. Uh, and a group of more than 70 friends and family in front of him was able to see that four-point night. His goal ended up giving New England uh, the 9-8 lead in the middle of the third quarter, and that ended up being the game winner as New England blanked the rock uh, for the final 21 minutes of the game uh, and ended up winning 12-8. to So uh, a big rally by that New England defense to hold uh, the rock to only eight goals on the night. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was a pretty back and forth until that fourth quarter. Yeah. And we'd be remiss if we didn't mention a big play that really took the wind out of the Rock sails uh, was when, in the fourth quarter, they pulled within two off a Dominey goal that got called back because Glenn Clark asked for a coach's challenge, and the refs went back and 
called goalie interference on the play. Yeah. They said that Dan Dawson uh, was checking Jamison's stick, um, but on the replay, Jamison hadn't, in fact, picked up the ball yet and had possession when Dawson checked his stick. So a very interesting call by them. It really killed the Rocks' momentum. Uh, you know, Like I said, they would have been within two goals at that point, um, which is you know not a small lead lead to come back from at all um but you know that kind of killed their momentum and they ended up not getting a single goal in that fourth quarter uh the rock didn't look as sharp as we thought they would be um it was nice to see dan dawson get two points on the night though uh in his debut with the rock but that wraps up our 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 games from this weekend in the nll um so let's go to a quick break and then we'll dive into our nll fantasy lacrosse pick'em challenge Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Today's show is being brought to you in part by Stitcher Premium. You can use Stitcher Premium to listen to shows ad-free such as Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, My Favorite Murder, Wolverine the Lost Trail, or our favorite, The Fantasy Footballers. For only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year, you get access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, and comedy albums. Better yet, if you go over to stitcher.com premium and use the promo code lacrosse today, you can get one month free. So head on over to Stitcher, sign up, and get your free trial today. All right, welcome back. Now it's time for some fantasy lacrosse talk. Uh, let's talk about some of these top fantasy performers, Adam. You were happy if you had Matt Vince, uh, Doug Jamison, or Warren Hill in cage. Matt Vince got you 9.75 points. Uh, Doug Jamison got you 9.5, and, and then Warren Hill had 9. Each of those goalies won their respective games. And then for forwards, uh, you had Dane Smith with 8.75 points. I know he was your fantasy lock from last week, Adam. Uh, and then Callum Crawford and Wes Berg, had 7.75 points. And then Matt Gilray led the transition and defensive slots with 6 points, followed by Andrew Suter who had 5.75, Mitch Desnew, who had 5 off of a big loose ball day for him, and then Brad Cree, who had 4.5. And of course, Adam, your epic fantasy lacrosse lock performed well. You know, as I mentioned, Dane Smith got you 8.75 points. Uh, mine and Cobb Cannon also did pretty well, too. He had 6.5. Uh, but now that we're heading into week three, Adam, who is your epic lacrosse fantasy lock for this weekend? I'm going with former friend of the pod, Logan Schuss. All right, I like that pick. I'm actually going to take Matt Rambo in the wing season opener against the Swarm. Uh, I think he's going to have a big day, expecting you know maybe eight or nine points out of him in uh, his season debut. Lock it down. All right, so those are our Epic Lacrosse Fantasy Locks. Uh, let us know your lock by tweeting us your pick and using the hashtag Epic Lacrosse Fantasy Lock. Uh, with that, that wraps up our Fantasy Lacrosse section. We want to congratulate our winner this week, Greendale 7, with 42.5 points. Uh, and also a shout-out to McLaughlin Show, who also had 42.5 points. Um, we had to go to the tiebreaker, uh, unfortunately, for McLaughlin Show. He had Westberg, who did phenomenal with 7.75 points, um, but it was Greendale who picked Dane Smith to edge out McLaughlin's show. Um, so congrats to both of them. 
Uh, Greendale 7 will be getting his epic lacrosse head sent to him shortly. On you know, McLaughlin Show, I think we're going to reach out to you and provide you something as a consolation prize for you know, being so close. But that wraps up our fantasy section uh, for this week. Uh, let's take another quick break, hear a word from our sponsors, Adam, and then we'll get into our pick and roll segment. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's show is being brought to you in part by Stitcher Premium. You can use Stitcher Premium to listen to shows ad-free such as Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, My Favorite Murder, Wolverine the Lost Trail, or our favorite, The Fantasy Footballers. For only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year, you get access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, and comedy albums. Better yet, if you go over to stitcher.com premium and use the promo code lacrosse today, you can get one month free. So head on over to Stitcher, sign up, and get your free trial today. All right, so welcome back. Now let's dive into the pick and roll. Uh, I am four and two overall after going one and two on the weekend. Adam, you edged me out this weekend, going two and one, and are now three and three overall. So it's going to be a tight race again. I feel like this season. So with that said, let's dive into these week three games, Adam. On Saturday we have four games. Uh, the first is the Wings season opener in Georgia as the Wings visit the Swarm. Adam, who do you like in this game, and who do you think is going to have the biggest role? As much as a Philly guy I am, it, it hurts my heart to say I think the Swarm are going to take this one. Um, they, they're coming off a really strong uh, week one victory, and they, they, are, they are looking fantastic so far on that offense. They're clicking on all cylinders. Um, I think the Wings will come out to play, and they'll come out to play hard, but I think the Swarm are going to be too much uh, for, for the Wings in, week, in their first game of the season. I'm going to take the Swarm. Uh, Zed Williams is a guy I think is going to come out really strong uh, for the Swarm team and have a big game. All right. I'm picking the Swarm as well, uh, but for me, it's going to be Lyle Thompson. I know that's the obvious pick, but I uh, once again think he's going to take a leading role in this game. So we're both going Swarm on this one. Following that, we have the Black Wolves at the Rush. Who do you like in this game between New England and Saskatchewan? You know, I think we both rode off the Black Wolves in their Week 1 game against the Rock, and I think that was an overlook for us. So I'm going to kind of revert and take the Black Wolves in this one. You know, I think a guy like Joe Resiteritz had a big game against the Rock last week, and I expect him to have a big game this week as well. So I'm going to take Joe and the Black Wolves in this one. Yeah, no, him and uh, Callum Crawford definitely made a huge impact in that Wolves game uh, in their first victory against the Rock. Um, you know, I, I, I do think I overlooked them a little bit last week, but I think this Rush team is still too talented, so I'm going with the Rush this weekend. Um, and a guy I like to have a big role is Ben McIntosh, so I'm expecting a big day out of him for Saskatchewan. And after that, we'll have uh, the Riptide taking on the Warriors. Both these teams are 0-1. So who do you think is going to get their first victory of this season? You know, I, I think when, when you're looking at it, despite them having the same records, the outcome to get those records were, were fairly different. You know, uh, I think the Warriors played really admirably last week 
um, in week one, and I think they're going to come out at home against a Riptide team that was only able to score four goals, who has to travel across uh, North America to get to this game. Uh, I'm taking Warriors in this one, and I'm obviously taking uh, my fantasy lock, Logan Shust, to have a big game. All right, I'm going Warriors as well. Um, you know, I, I think they're a stronger team. They obviously have more team chemistry since they've been together a little bit longer. And I'm going to take uh, Logan Shuss's roommate, Mitch Jones, on this one. Uh, recently celebrated a birthday, um, and I think he's going to have another big game for the Warriors team. Um, he's one of those guys in fantasy, particularly, that gets a lot of loose balls, assists, as well as goals. Um, and, you know, not that fantasy necessarily translates having a big game statistically but uh yeah i think mitch jones is going to have another big game and really lead this team to a victory and now our final game uh, is between the rock and the seals uh two other teams also trying to get their first victory of the season adam who do you like in this game yeah i'm gonna take uh the san diego squad um and go with the seals in this one i'm expecting another big game uh from New Seal Westberg. He's he had six points in lat in last week's game, uh, despite the loss. I'm expecting him to come out big and come out with a Seals victory. All right. Well, I'm picking Seals as well, and you, you took my role player Westberg. Uh, I also think he's going to have the biggest role in the San Diego's win. They've clearly brought him in to be the leader of that franchise. Yeah. Um, you know, on offense. So I, I'm with you on that. I think you know he's going to really. Uh, contribute to the Seals offense like he did last week uh, and I expect him to have a big role if San Diego is to get the win over the Rock team. But that wraps up our pick and roll uh, and almost our podcast. You know we want to remind everyone to sign up for Fantasy Lacrosse. Uh, we will be giving away weekly prizes as we mentioned before and we currently have over 250 participants playing so join the Fantasy Lacrosse movement so they're in a fantasy roster today. Also feel free to check out our article on Kicks by Carly. Our friend Carly Fleischer has been producing a lot of cool gear for both PLL players and soon NLL players as well. Uh, she also has partnered with Epic and has been doing some cool giveaways. So check out our podcast episode with her as well as the article on how she got started uh, while she was at Syracuse and where she's really been able to take her business going forward. Um, but with that, Adam, brings us to overtime. What are you looking forward to most this weekend? Yeah, as much as we're journalists and impartial, you know, I'm really excited as a as a Wings fan um, growing up in Philly to see them uh, start this season and start with, with a really good squad. I'm excited to see them come out uh, this weekend up against a good Swarm team. All right, I'm going to go uh, back to last week, and I'm going to say I'm still waiting on that 7th PLL team name. Uh, I'm too eager. I really got my hopes up for it to come out last week. Um, yeah. And, you know, the way it's looking this week, I don't know if it's going to happen either this week, too. But we have been told it's going to be be soon, this month. Um, you know, and I'm also looking to hear some coaching news as well because yeah. we still have three vacancies to fill. Uh, and those coaches have to be, you know, hired pretty soon if they're able to make roster decisions before the January 13th deadline. Yeah, so, you know, we'll definitely keep our nose to the ground on that and, you know, keep you guys posted on any of the coaching decisions that are made. Uh, as we mentioned before, Bear Davis is not in the running uh, for any of those coaching vacancies. So we're going to try to get some more information for you guys um, because those should be coming out fairly soon. But that's what I'm looking forward to the most is hopefully learning about the 7th PLL team name. And I don't anticipate it maybe being this week, but hopefully maybe by next Monday, uh, depending on when uh, Pardon My Take comes out. I know they have an episode on Friday as well as Monday. So we'll see. Uh, when that team name is finally announced. But that wraps up episode 47. Uh, thank you all for listening. 
please subscribe and consider leaving us a review. Um, we hope you guys tune in next time to Pro Lacrosse Talk.